0: It's really footy time. I'm Daniel Andrews, and uh, on the other line, as always, we've got Johnny Rath. How are we, Johnny?
1: Uh, hey, Dan. Uh, not too bad. Uh, got a few good games to watch this weekend.
0: Yeah, we've got to wait till Monday to see the Ds play, but that's okay. Yes. No, another one of these buy rounds as well, so you've got to wait a little bit longer for some of the games.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so hopefully they don't disappoint, but uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> What's your opinion, just quickly, on the buy rounds?
1: um look well i think you've got to get a buy somewhere uh yeah I, i'm not totally i know that a lot of people sort of can't live without that footy but i don't <laughs> mind the idea of a week off where everyone just has it off and you sort yeah. of come back hungry for it but look yeah. split rounds uh, i think yeah so you guess you have three split rounds it, it's okay i just but as long as you get the buy somewhere that's pretty much all that matters what about you
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind if they just took a break for a week instead of staggering it. I quite like the momentum of a full uh, round rather than, you know, only having a couple of games per Saturday and Sunday. Better anyway, it's okay.
1: It kind of reminded me of uh, probably about five years ago, or maybe a bit longer, when they used to sort of have a fragmented start to the season in round one. They had like a split round one, and I wasn't a fan of that at all. I just thought, you know, everyone's got the same interest in the competition. Let them all start at the same time.
0: Yeah. yeah. What I reckon they should do is basically you could give the teams as many buys as you want. You do the maths on it, but basically have two teams have a buy every week and just play eight games.
1: Yeah. It's not the worst thing. (laughs) because
0: <laughs> no, eight games is plenty and then that way like each team will get like two or three buys through the year i agree plenty eight games
1: rest. is plenty i think eight games is fine <laughs> yeah
0: but yeah i don't know if that's ever been talked about but that's how i do it
1: yeah it's an interesting one yeah
0: all right so before we get into this week's version of uh Raff's reach and uh lock of the week have to mention what happened last week and uh it wasn't a great start for us, let's be honest. <laughs> so uh, Carlton went down to the West Coast Eagles, even though they ended up actually being favourites in that game after West Coast lost a whole bunch of players. Yes. So, yeah, not a great it one there. It just
1: all went wrong, didn't it?
0: <laughs> and then the lock of the week, we couldn't even get that away, with <laughs> a uh, high-scoring Collingwood once holding on against Adelaide who were very inaccurate so yeah not a great start
1: No but it's only up from here
0: <laughs> I guess it just shows like as we always say like there's no such thing as a certainty in football so it's I'm sure you guys all know that and uh, yes. hopefully no one used that as betting advice <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Alright let's go to ras reach what do we got for this week?
1: Yeah look it's not the it's it's not an easy round to pick a roughie. uh but as it stands and you might think that I'm uh copping out here as it stands I've currently got Port Adelaide $1.82 and uh Geelong $2. <laughs> no, I'm not going for this one, I'm just joking. No, I've actually <laughs> I've actually gone and this might be a uh, a little strange. I have actually gone for Adelaide against St Kilda. Um, so I don't, I've totally forgotten, I think, where is this game being played? I think it is in, uh, in Cairns, I think. Yeah. Um, from memory, I don't think Adelaide have a bad record up there or in the, in sort of the, you know, far North Queensland area and Northern mm, Territory. Okay. So, um, they, they were very inaccurate last week. I thought they really had a good chance to to take that game and uh, Taylor Walker was a little bit inaccurate for a rare occasion this year. Um, But I'm still pretty impressed with what they're doing. And I think that this is a good chance for them to, to take another scalp this year.
0: Interesting. Ralphie, you've chosen there for lock of the week. I uh, reckon Sydney can keep the good form rolling over the Hawks. So Hawthorne's actually only won two games for the season and both of those were large comebacks after being about five goals down. So Sydney in Sydney over the Hawks, I think that's a relatively safe bet. Although in saying that, it still might be a relatively close game because even when Sydney's been playing some of these lower-ranked opponents, they're not winning by a lot, but I back them with their system and uh, good senior players who are still performing pretty well To do
1: the job on the Hawks there. Yeah, I agree. I can still see that being a reasonable game and maybe go the distance, but I think Sydney should pull away in that one as well.
0: Alright, well let's see if we can have a little bit better luck with these segments this week than we did the first week. But yeah, it's always good just to have something to have a bit of a chat about. I guess we're not expecting to get all of these right. That would be Crazy. If we were that sure we were going to get them right, then we'd be putting a lot of money on it, wouldn't we?
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. And I'm sure we can do a bit of a chart to see how many we've gotten right and wrong at the end of the year. (laughs) All right, let's (laughs) jump
0: into true or false. Something we're a little bit better at, maybe, than (laughs) the tipping. All right. Making Pendlebury a permanent halfback is the natural progression for the twilight of his career. True or false, Johnny?
1: Yeah, well, this, this one's a very, very good one. And there's cases for and cases against. Um, I think not long term, but maybe for this year. Uh, so I guess my short answer to that is false. Because the reason for that is I think guys like Crispin Maynard play that role quite well, and they're quite a fair bit younger. Um there's a few what ifs to this as well. So, if someone like Jordan DeGoey can actually make that next step and play 90% of his minutes in the middle, then maybe this could be an option. But uh, for now, Pendlebury is still one of the best users through the middle for me. And uh, I just think that he's still great there. And he's, you know, he can obviously go back to half back a bit. And he's, he's very good there, could prolong his career. But I don't know if that's a permanent fix. Uh, Having said that, there might be nothing wrong with him playing a bit of both and pinch hitting in the middle. But look, my long story short answer is I think that's false.
0: Okay, interesting. I guess Penelby doesn't really strike me as, you know, a lockdown defender. If he was going to no. play the halfback role, like, is he going to actually be good enough at guarding a man?
1: That's a good question. That's a good question because people see his distribution off halfback and they kind of think, oh, yeah, yeah, he can just be that run, get ball kick, you know. Um, but in this day and age, I think you do need to have a bit of that accountability and abil- your ability to lock down on a, a, a small forward or a medium forward.
0: Yeah. yeah, I reckon this is false as well. Like like you said, rolling yep. through there occasionally if you need to, but I think his best position is always going to be through the midfield and it's probably where he can help the developing guys in there the most. So There's some players that are just midfielders, yeah. Yeah. Alright, next one. Jack Nile was right to have Nick Nat in his halfway all Australian team.
1: True or false, this, oh look, this one this one fascinated me a lot and was the one I was most excited about uh, talking on this subject. Uh, so I'm just gonna go through some of the statistics here. Uh, let's look at the head-to-head. So Max Gorn and Nick Nat. Obviously, Max Gorn was probably the candidate that we were alluding to there. <laughs> uh, probably... oh, so
0: he had him as his starting ruck, did he? I just thought he, he would had... have had him on the bench or something.
1: No, he actually had Nick Nat starting and Gorn on the bench. Uh, and look, you know what? I'll go straight into his case for, for why. Um, he simply said that West Coast is plus 45 in glances when Nick Nat is at those centre bounces and minus 28 when he's not. It's a pretty fair stat there to bring up and he sort of believes that he's the mask that conceals the midfield mediocrity at West Coast this year. I think that's that's fair. That's definitely fair. But I'm just going to jump into the head-to-head stats here just so we can get a little bit more insight into this. And I know it's not all about stats, but let's just have a quick look at this. So disposals. On average, uh, Max Gorn's got 18, and Nick Nat's got 12 on average. Uh, Hit out, winning percentage, Max 62%, Nick Nat 54%. Hit out to advantage, 11.2%, Max 11.9%, Nick Nat, so that's pretty even. Uh, But this is where it gets interesting, disposals. So Max has 226, 161 effective, 71% for the efficiency. Nick Nat has 169, with 114 effective at 67.5% efficiency. And it gets even more interesting. Max Gorn is leading the league in contested marks. He has, oh, wow. yes, he has 33. And he also has 10 marks inside 50. Uh, how many marks, let's see if we can guess, Dan. How many marks does Nick Nat have inside 50 this year?
0: I would go for zero.
1: You would be correct. And I've got another yeah, one for the bonus. Yeah, that's an easy one. For the bonus points, how many goals does Nick Nat have this year? Zero. Correct for five points. <laughs> and Max Max has seven. So I think what Max has offered around the ground this year has, in my opinion, been more valuable than what Nick Nat has. I definitely see the argument for the center bouncers, and I love watching Nick Nat at those center bounces, But... I think that he did... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Jake Noel as well. I think he's one of the better journos out there, but I think that this was a mistake. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yes. False. Yes. All that stuff but,
0: you went through there, One yep. has basically given him a bath. Nick yes. Matt is a great centre-bounce ruckman. He's a great ruckman at stoppage, but outside of that, he almost doesn't exist on the ground. So, like... You've got someone yeah. who's so well-rounded as gone helping his team win it on the ground, around the ground. He can be the link-up player. He can go forward. It's it's a no-brainer. He's got to be the starting ruckman in the Australian team. And I'd be very surprised if he's not the starting yeah. ruck in the, the actual Australian team.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Nick Nat. But I just think, yeah, around the ground is definitely helpful. And um, it's one of the reasons why people were drawn to Brody Grundy uh, because, he, you know, he's very skillful with his use after, you know, after it's bad hitouts. outs. I, I didn't go with total hit outs. I think that was probably not relevant, but yeah, I think Max has been more valuable this year and therefore should be the Ruckman.
0: Another thing you could point to, I know we don't have them yet, but Gorn would be getting way more Brownlow votes than that, Nui.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and All right, let's I would say he's probably had more, I didn't have that statistic, but I'd say he'd have more individual clearances as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I reckon he would. Uh,
1: if I'm wrong, then feel free to correct us, but uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> we do have a few Western Australian listeners, so they'll let you know.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Um, yep, it's 40 time at, uh, what, was the, what was the email address again, Then Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 40 time mail at gmail.com. Mail, that's it. <laughs> All right, let's get going. Carlton's game style is not conducive to the success in 2021. True or false?
1: Whoa. Oh, look, it's, it, yeah, in some ways, this question, yeah, it, it is true. Um, but it's only true because of one facet of this game style. And it's pretty much anything to do with when they haven't got the ball or the defensive yeah. structures. I don't think their ball movement is particularly that bad, and I don't think their forward structure is that bad. Um, I th- it's a maybe if glaring you question- weakness, though. If you can't it's, um, you do it's a very much glaring weakness. Ball. Very glaring weakness. And look, they've probably got a few questions in their midfield as well. But yeah, look, you probably have to say true because some of this, some of this stuff you see this year when it comes to these defensive errors, it's it's not just something that. David King's picked out on Fox Footy or oh look at this, you know, no one else saw this, I've seen it. Um, it is literally like schoolyard stuff, Dan. It's it's quite pathetic. It's really and it has not improved. Um, you've just got you, you look at Melbourne, everyone's just calling out to each other, everyone's pointing and going, Mark that space, do this, go over there. There's none of that with Carlton. There's the most basic mark sort of marking errors happening. Where guys just have no idea. They're looking around. They don't know what they're meant to be doing, and it's too late. They don't have that time. So, yeah, the answer to this is true, and uh, it's definitely not going to get them anywhere. So, what do you reckon? Is this more of
0: a reflection on David Teague or the players, the fact that they're just so poor when they
1: don't have the ball? Oh, look, I think it has to come back to the coaching. Um, look, they may not, that might have a few weaknesses in terms of, I guess, um you know, small defenders, accountable defenders. They've got some good um, you know, ball carriers at a defence, obviously. But uh Wiedering's had an all Australian season. I think there's the cattle is there, I think. And I think when it comes to structures and system and that's got that's gotta be coaching, I think. This is a strange one.
0: But uh very Yeah, I guess they they've lost two times as many games as they've won, so it's clear that it's only going in one direction and I think they just announced today that there's going to be a review into uh, what's going on at Carlson. so it'll be interesting to see whether Teague is able to survive that
1: Yeah, and look he, he seems like a uh, very nice guy and he was, he was very good at uniting that team when he came in, really getting them to play his, you know, to play for each other and play for him, so that very, that was impressive, but um you know, you, once again, you've got to question what's happening with these structures. What, what are they training over the summer? And some of the list moves as well. I mean, it, it just seems so, it seems so simple that it's not going to be a good idea to pay, look, I'm not going to quote the exact number, but let's just say it was, you know, high, you know, hundred thousands uh, for a guy who was going to play half back and, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just well, they got two list. of them now because yeah. Williams is in the back line as well. It, well, <laughs> really exactly, <sad>. Ex- exactly. <laughs> but it's it just it's been a problem with Carlton for for quite a while. Just their kinds of moves that they make in the trade period and and free agency.
0: All right, last one to finish off today. St Kilda's current list build is capable of challenging for the top eight in two thousand and twenty two. I'm gonna preface this by saying their current percentage is 77.6. And uh yeah, not a great year for the Saints. But what about 2022? Do we reckon this statement's true or false, Johnny?
1: Well, wow, that's a, that's a yeah, that's an interesting one. Um Well, they were very impressive last year with, with what they were able to do, and they were very well coached. Um there's a few factors here. I mean who, who is St Kilda's best midfielder right now?
0: Well, it's obviously Jack Steele, right?
1: You'd have to say it's Jack Steele. Um, who's the second best?
0: <laughs> That's a better question. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> and this is this is the thing because you look at this list and it's a, it's not a young list anymore. It's it, this is kind of it. Like this is kind of. We're, like, do you go back to the well, or do you decide, no, nah, we might have to go backwards to go forwards? You know, get some more youth in again. Um, there's not a lot of trade bait there, really, to go out there and. Well,
0: they've, they've brought in so many mature age players over the last couple of years, and like guys like Hannover have banged up. Yep. You know, Brad Hill. They're not getting anything out of him, and then no. there's a whole bunch of them who are either, you know, playing at the level they were at the previous clubs, or. They're just not doing enough to, you know, get some Kilda playing the way they need to play to actually be competitive. So, I don't it's, really know what you can do once you've gone no. down that path, and it's just so obviously not working. And you said, you know, it worked so well in 2020, and yeah. it kind of did, but it almost seemed like that was as
1: like far Jimmy's as Gold.
0: that group was actually going to take them.
1: I, I unfortunately would have to agree, um, and. When was the last player that came to St Kilda? Like, when was the like? How many players can you name that have come to St Kilda and gotten better apart from Jack Steele? yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I guess in two thousand twenty, a lot of people were talking about Zach Jones and a yeah. uh, few of the other guys who were actually performing really well, but. I guess it's the danger when you bring in that many mature age players, you kind of, well, you're trading out something to get them to begin with, but you're also putting games into these guys that you're not putting into younger guys in your list or guys that you would have been getting in. So if it doesn't work, then it can backfire really quickly.
1: Yeah. And I find the midfield just has a lot of one paced players. So, you know, it's, yeah, not really damaging. Uh, great workhorses. But, uh, but I guess that's where, you know, Zach Jones is, is a bit different. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. They're just sort of a nearly team, uh, I think. And
0: Yeah. So yeah, I guess you're sort of going false here. You wouldn't yeah. expect them to spike.
1: No, I wouldn't expect it. Um, I would sort of see them, yeah, maybe between 9th and 12th.
0: It will be interesting to see what they do in the offseason, whether they do try and get another couple of players in, I'm not even sure that many players would want to go there now, but, you know, are they going to keep trying to do this, or are they going to realise that, okay, no, we may actually need to draft another couple of youngsters to complement what yep. we've
1: got And then there's question marks over some of these youngsters that they have, I mean I'm, I was going to ask, actually do you think that there's just way too much discussion around Max King at the moment? Like, I mean, it's, worth, it's worthwhile conversations and that, but is he possibly going to have just way too much pressure put on his shoulders?
0: Well, it kind of already seems to be happening, doesn't it? So yeah. it is hard for such a young player, particularly key forward, to be hit with that amount of pressure. But
1: and the last thing you want to see is another situation like with Tom Boyd.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. hopefully it can avoid that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I guess, you know... A lot of people were really big on St Kilda coming into yeah. the year.
1: Yeah, and, no, I actually uh, was too, yeah.
0: It is pretty surprising that they've struggled so much and obviously the injuries to their Ruckman have not helped, but I guess it kind of just shows that maybe what happened last year was kind of fragile and you really did need Marshall and Ryder driving yeah. uh, that sort of, you know, big plus gr- sort of midfield to to actually get those efficiencies. And one of the other things they did last year which they're not doing this year at all, was getting a lot of marks deep inside 50 and uh, having a lot of set shots from sort of that 30 metres out but not too far at an angle. So they were very accurate. So I guess that was relying on sort of efficiencies in their play and getting really good looks from stoppage. But, um, yeah, that's definitely not happening this year. So now that they're not being able to rely on that sort of semi-flaky way of playing, that's what you're relying on to be good it's kind of come back to bite him a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, look, not saying that there's nothing there. There's definitely enough there to work with, but there's just, there's a little bit of a lack of that X factor. And, um, and it, yeah, I'd, I actually kind of forgot until he'd come back this year, just how valuable and how important Paddy Ryder was to this team. I mean, after Nick Nat, he probably is one of the better pure tap ruckmen in the comp and, yeah, no, it definitely hurts. It hurts not having someone like that.
0: Well, uh, we probably should wrap it up there. So, uh, thanks again for jumping on, Johnny, to have a bit of a chat leading yeah. to the weekend.
1: Yeah, no, it's really footy time.
0: <laughs> thanks to you guys as well. Hopefully, you'll be able to check out a few of the games and tune uh, in next week as well for our regular episode during the week. Bye for now.